Welcome to In The Money, the premier hockey betting podcast. This is JD, and I'm going to run you through our NHL picks for the day. I did, who knew I was kind of the guy to get three on the text if you're trying to get high. Cop chase ain't once, but some on the side. Roll up like one, three blunts for the ride. Never dolo, kid, no stress, always got one. Pre-team married now, I see the shot. Looking for the kid, block out, so I'm not one. Fresh out of class with a dash from the cop. Front with a smile on the lumbar, all achy. Yes, she knew I was a legend in the making. Stuck around cause the boy lit and he cake. Small town, big head, Ricky gon' make it. They say I'm gonna get caught. This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. The information and opinions are derived from individuals and are not to be taken as a guarantee. We here at In The Money provide you with content, not a guarantee of performance. We are not liable for any bets or action you take as a result of this podcast. All right, and we're back. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I want to talk again about the Taylor Hall trade because it seems like the sentiment, and, and my sentiment too, was a little bit negative on sort of what New Jersey was able to get back in return for Hall. But you really do have to look at what kind of value was out there when they're looking to be when they're looking to trade him. Are our, our teams really looking to give up the the big pieces that they have and? You know, Arizona delayed it because they didn't want to take somebody off of their roster. They want to build on that roster. They don't want to take off. So guys like Barrett Hayton, guys like Keller were out of the were out of the question. Um, and if you read Pierre LeBrun's piece in the Athletic, he sort of breaks down who he thinks the other teams were that were involved. Um, he mentions the Colorado Avalanche, but that. Once they realized that they weren't going to be able to re-sign Taylor Hall, there really wasn't as much or as strong of a push. Um, the Flames were definitely there because I think that they would feel good about Hall's familiarity with having lived in Calgary previously, that they might have a chance to re-sign him. And the fact that they went to Arizona probably really hurts them. But I'm not sure what the Flames would have offered because their prospect pool is not is not very deep either. So I don't know what kind of trade was going back their way or if they were willing to offer picks because I think the first-round pick here is something that you have to focus on. That piece of it I think is a very important piece. People say this draft is very, very deep. And so if you get the first-round pick in that in this draft, it's very, very uh, valuable. And that would sort of rule out the Edmonton Oilers who were interested, but Bouchard was off the table. A first-round pick was off the table. I don't think it was going to get done with just Pularvi. <laughs> um, the Blues apparently checked in, but again, they were looking for a smaller price, as were the Montreal Canadiens. And then Florida. Florida is an interesting one to me because, you know, I think, I think that, that this would have been the perfect fit, especially for Taylor Hall. But I just don't think, I think they know they had no chance at re-signing him. And so if you have no shot at re-signing him, it's really just a rental player. You can't be mortgaging the future for him, especially when you're still going to be, you know, maybe an above average team, but you're only that and you're barely a contender with him. So I understand why that would scare you off, but... You know, you, you almost maybe they looked at the Columbus model of last year and how Columbus kind of went all in to win a playoff round and then they won the playoff round and didn't get any further, lost all their pieces. Was that worth it? Would it be worth it for the planners to maybe have some playoff success? You know, that's up to them to decide, and clearly the, the risk was not worth the reward here. And then the San Jose Sharks, which is an interesting one to me because 
I don't know where they were going to fit all of these guys in, but the, the Sharks were interested, and, you know, Doug Wilson loves to make a splash when he can. Um, but I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it would have made a difference because they don't have a first-round pick this year, and being built around a 2021 first-round pick, while you could theoretically do it, I don't think it's nearly as valuable as the 2020 pick that, uh, that Arizona gave up. So I think immediately you would have discounted that. And then for the Sharks, would, would this have really made sense to go all-in this year after you know what your starts looked like, what your goal – like Taylor Hall isn't a goaltender. He's not a defensive player. He's not helping any of that. That's your biggest issue. Your biggest your, – you know, your scoring is okay. Your biggest issue is that you, you can't get a stop and your defense is as porous as it gets. Um, the Sharks feel like one of those teams uh, that – that can't quite plug all the holes. And even when they're winning games, it's kind of smoke and mirrors. You kind of don't feel great about it. Uh, I was certain that by now they would have fixed this. They would have righted the ship. Um, And there isn't too much time to really start get going um, for this Sharks team. And it would be a disappointing end to, you know, the Thornton Marlowe era. If they went out in their last year together not even making the playoffs. So uh, that would be definitely disappointing, not only for Marlon and Thornton, but also for the Sharks as a whole. Talk about a story that we, we haven't covered yet. Um, and this reminds this story kind of reminds me a little bit of my childhood growing up watching hockey. Um, Oscar Lindblom was diagnosed with uh, a rare form of bone cancer, and he's going to be out for the rest of the season. And, you know, that really sucks to hear. Um you never want to. You never want anybody to have to deal with that. And cancer is such a deadly and terrible disease. And you, you know, you hope that nobody ever gets it. But sometimes even the best athletes in the world can get it. And um, you know, I I remember when I really fell in love with hockey. It was um, around the time Saku Koivu had cancer, and I remember his return is like one of the pivotal hockey moments from my childhood that I remember when I was watching you know, watching every Saturday night growing up. And his return from cancer against the Ottawa Senators, the eight-minute ovation, him coming back in the playoffs, and that game against the Bruins when he had the game-winning goal, he had a couple assists in that game. I mean, that to me was just the captain coming through, coming back from cancer. You know, what a guy. That for me was falling in love with the game, falling in love with the Montreal Canadiens. And so I'm hoping for Lindblom's sake, because he was kind of having a breakout year, that he can have a storybook ending too, and that he can make his way back into the league and, and maybe inspire some young kid like I was to fall in love with the game and to realize what sports are all about. A great comeback story, a, a, just a great story in general. And to see the people of Philadelphia, the team and the fans really just rally around Oscar Lindblom, it's great to see. You just really hope that we can see him come back healthy next year and be a big-time piece and maybe have some kind of big moment for uh, for Philly. Uh, that would be wonderful to see. So uh, we're wishing Lindblom all the best going forward. And, uh, you know, do your part. You know, give to cancer causes, all that stuff. Um, awareness is the first issue and you know make sure you're getting screened for all different kinds of diseases Um, if you know someone that's been affected by it or lost somebody that's been affected by it 
uh, you know how hard it hits. So we, we believe in you, Oscar Lindblom, and we're hoping that you can come back stronger than ever. All right, let's end our recap on a positive note. Um, one of the big bets that we won on Tuesday was Jack Eichel, you know, securing the over for us. Buffalo going into Toronto, not winning, but at least making enough of a fight in the third period to get us to that over. Um, Jack Eichel is on a ridiculous 17-game point streak. He has 31 points, and the Sabres are outscoring teams 24-10 to 10 when he's on the ice. I mean... It does not get better than this. Uh, I'm happy for Jack Eichel. We talked about it earlier in the season. I'm very hard on Jack Eichel because I think he can be the type of player right underneath the Connor McDavid tier where Connor's all by himself. And, well, Sidney Crosby and Connor, but he could be right under that in the, you know, Ovechkin, Dreisaitl, um, McKinnon tier of player I think he's right there and I think he, he has the ability to do so defense offense he could do it all he drives play he's a physical beast he could, he could score he could pass the kid's incredible and I'm going to continue to be hard on him because this is the type of player that he is this is the type of player that he could be all the time and I want to see him continue to do it I'm rooting for him and I'm rooting for the Sabres although the real problem here is that even during this stretch, the Sabres, these 17 games, the Sabres are 7-6-4. and four. Um, And Dom L. on The Athletic had, you know, a 16 thoughts piece in the aftermath of the trade. And this is one of the things that he talked about at, you know, the team is on an 87-point pace during this period. And the team is getting outscored 23-15 to 15 at evens with Jack off the ice. That's why his model's been so low on the Sabres making the playoffs, and that's why it's hard to believe because the supporting cast isn't good enough there. Um, they they need to they need to really build this thing around Eichel because he's not a guy you want to lose because you couldn't build a good enough team around him to win because he is good enough to get you there if you give him the pieces. So um, we're ending on a positive note talking about Jack Eichel, talking about his incredible 17-game point streak, but he needs to see his team around him play better and pick it up. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. You'll hear from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back to give you our picks for the night. Big Thursday night, baby. All right, so we'll go through the schedule. We need a big comeback after, after a rough, rough Tuesday. Um, at 7 p.m., we have the Islanders going into Boston to play the Bruins. We have the Stars going into Tampa to play the Lightning. We have Buffalo going into Philly to play the Flyers, where the Flyers have an incredible home record, must be noted. The LA Kings going into Columbus to play the Blue Jackets. At 7.30, we have the Predators going into Ottawa to play the Senators. At 8, we have the Blackhawks going into Winnipeg to play the Jets. At 9, we have Carolina going into Colorado to play the Avalanche. We have the Canadians going into Calgary to play the Flames. At 9.30, we have the Wilds going into Arizona to play the Coyotes. And in the nightcap, at 10 p.m., we have the Vegas Golden Knights going into Vancouver to play the Canucks. So, without further ado, let's get to our picks. I have a few picks for you here tonight. The first one that I have is the Islanders at plus 1.5 or minus 160. Hammer that. Hammer that. I like this to be a close playoff type game between the Islanders and Bruins. 
Uh, it's in Boston, so I don't know if the Islanders are going to be able to win, but I think they can keep it close. Minus 160 for plus a goal and a half is great value, especially for a team as good as the Islanders. All right, next, I have Nashville going into Ottawa. Nashville's been hot. I like for Nashville to continue to be hot. I like for them to win in regulation, minus a half in regulation, plus 100. Nashville tonight. Let's go do it, Nashville. All right. Finally, the last one of the night, I like Winnipeg. Money line, minus 170 over the Chicago Blackhawks at home. Uh, the Blackhawks have been miserable. Blackhawks played last night. Winnipeg at home. Love it. Lock that up. That's all I got for the night. Um, I always love to bet the salami because, you know, gives you action on every game. I think I'm going to go under tonight, but I, I wouldn't put that out there for people to take with me. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, maybe maybe cover a few overs in my games. That I, If I'm going to take the under, I'll cover a few overs with uh, with some games where I think there might be some scoring. So excited for tonight. Hopefully it's a good night of hockey. Let's go win some money.